Hi, I'm Kyle Corbwell, and in this bonus episode of On The Money, we're looking at the UK market, particularly where you may be able to find growth opportunities. Interact Investors' Richard Hunter spoke to Mason Doik of JP Jenkins, the share trading platform matching buyers and sellers of unlisted securities, enabling smaller companies to access the capital they need, and in turn, making it easier for investors to access this part of the market. It's a fascinating chat, which Richard kicks off by asking Mason to fill in some of the background to JP Jenkins' story. JP Jenkins is an incredible history and, and provenance of the business, and, and we'll touch on this further on the uh, interview. The, the actual history itself goes all the way back to the jobbing firms back in the 60s and, and all the way through to early 90s. So in 1991, JP Jenkins was officially launched and JP Jenkins was the market maker at the time. Offex, Off Exchange was the, the market, as you know. And at that time, we were transacting all of the, the biggest football clubs in the UK. We were trading um, Weetabix, National Car Parks, and some of the biggest breweries. And it was really a venue where lots of large private growth companies wanted to have access to a venue for a printed price. They wanted to leverage, obviously, a wider access to investors, but also big family owned companies wanted to be able to trade amongst themselves or keep an internal sort of transactions going through as well. So it was a real uh, multifaceted approach to the platform. At that time, we were actually transacting over a billion pounds in volume um, in the early 90s, just pre-AIM being launched in the sort of mid to late 90s. Following that sort of that sort of momentum and, and history timeline, 2008, of course, we unfortunately had the, the situations with the, the market crash. And post 2008, you then started to see at least 60 to 70 companies on average coming off the market. And all of those companies, or the sort of 15, 20 that were still functional and, and alive, still needed a, a trading venue for their shares. And of course, very importantly, and a vital lifeline for those shareholders to know exactly what's happening with that business. Is there residual value? Can they transact those shares? And, and what's actually happening? So JP Jenkins was there um, as, a, as a lifeline for those companies, was the only venue in the UK for that. Um, and supported both the growth companies of that time, but also companies that were coming off the market and looking for a venue to trade. And fast forward now to, to today, in, in 2023, we've got a tumultuous capital market sort of conditions at the moment. I think a lot of companies for the last 18 months have been holding off on an IPO for, for better days. There are lots of businesses that we're talking to that are in the runway of a listing, and they're looking at us as using JP Jenkins is the foundations towards that listing. So we can help them with their icing code and apply for credit to get a crest-enabled trading. We can build out those foundations for the listing for getting the business used to being a public company so they can start putting out international press releases, EQS announcements, much like an RNS announcement. And they can really start putting in corporate governance needs, requirements, enhanced investor relations, and build out that corporate profile towards the listing when the market stabilizes and the time is right. So it's all encompassing, really. And these companies have, have been supported all the way through their lifeline. And JP Jenkins has evolved through Market Maker to running OffX to OffX, then transacting um, or changing into Next, um, previously Plus Market, and now is Aquis. And, and we separated from them a, a number of years back. And now JP Jenkins is a, a match bargain facility, tech-enabled with the capital markets technology of Infinitex and access to all. Can you just tell me why you think a company would use the platform and what sort of companies that you're taking on to yeah. the platform as well? Yes, of course. Yeah. So a lot of companies look for a platform for the benefit of wider visibility. 
And in conditions in the market at the moment, we know that pretty much most companies are looking for funding or at some point looking for funding in, in six to 12 months. So with JP Jenkins, companies ranging from growth, early stage, seed, SME, all the way through to established are looking for a way of trading their shares, accessing that wider investor audience I mentioned, um, leveraging the fundraise um, and also looking at the opportunity of putting out international press releases, a light touch level of what they may do if they're looking to go to a public market. So these types of companies are um, ranging in different sectors. We're completely sector agnostic. There's about 40 issuers on the platform, actually more than 40 at the moment. We hope to have about 60 by year end. And, um, and those businesses are anything from e-commerce to fintech to mining, old school economy businesses we still have as well from the older days of, of JP Jenkins. And it really is a, a real mix of, of really nice companies that are coming through to go to market, to come off market or will remain private indefinitely. Oh, right. OK. So so obviously, is it sort of word of mouth or are you kind of advertising? How do you grab the new people to the it's, platform? It's a mixture. So as, as we were discussing previously, JP Jenkins has been around for, for 33 years now. Yeah. So yeah. Um, there's a good provenance in the city. It's uh, well yeah. adverse. We used to trade Weetabix and all the Premier League football clubs. So yeah. a lot of word of mouth. Most of the clients come to us through lawyers, accountants, registrars. It could be that the, the businesses are looking at other opportunities to access an alternative market from overseas, um, yeah. overseas domicile companies as well. And then, of course, a little bit of hard work on our end to bring those businesses to our, to our door. So what are the benefits for shareholders and investors? So the benefits for shareholders is quite a big one. So JP Jenkins was set up for the whole f- sort of focus of providing a solution for shareholders, not only the benefiting the company itself and the issuer, but also providing an access to liquidity, to exits, because we always found that JP Jenkins, a vast history with you know, a number of team that had been in capital markets for God, 30, 40, 50, 60 years plus. Um, and all of our investors, contacts, uh, businesses we work with, we're struggling to get liquidity and exits. And even on the junior markets today, it's, it's quite a liquid. So our focus was to provide a platform that's cheap in terms of cost for the issue or efficient in terms of cost effective, that it's accessible to all investors through UK regulated brokers. And those shareholders then can see a visible price and, and of course have an understanding of what their residual share value is or whatever security they're transacting. But also, of course, any companies that are delisting the brokers can still allow the shareholders to transact in those shares. They've got a visible price and there's a point of contact for that shareholder as well, because in the case of a delisting, it can go into the abyss. So we always, always promote that any company that comes off market should put in place a match bargain facility. If it's a private growth company, it's a massive benefit for the shareholder because they can manage expectations. They can provide a way to put international press releases, shareholder communications, updates out through JP Jenkins. And as an employee of, of the business, if you're a shareholder in that company, you can also see the, the value in your sweat equity. Okay. And, and the benefit for investors? So the benefit for investors is that you have further transparency on early stage growth companies. You have access to companies that you may not usually see in, in capital markets that are maybe on the way up. And, and I know that a lot of people talk about the largest area of growth is either before the listing or, or just post the, you know, the fundraisers um, that these companies get in at when they're doing VC and, and private equity funding rounds. So this opportunity through JP Jenkins allows the investors to get in at an earlier stage, but not so early that there's a higher level of risk from sort of a, you know, a business idea on the back of a napkin. 
but you've got an opportunity to buy into a company that's revenue generating, trading for a number of years and on the route to, to an IPO potentially. So how does this trading work? In other words, how are the matching orders completed and uh, combined and the price determined? The most important thing I think there is that you've got uh, the price determined by the company. So the issuer comes to us. It's very, very easy if they're delisting off the main board or LSE or, or AIM or Aquis because, of course, they can migrate the last traded price or mid price. Um, and, of course, we have all the information from their previous admission. If it's a growth company coming to us and looking to trade on JP Jenkins, we'll usually take the price from the last funding round or third party valuation. So it could be from the, the lawyers or accountants. In, in terms of the, the first part of the question with the trading, we're still trading exactly as we have always been uh, for the last 30, 30 or so years. And that is matching willing buyer and willing seller. But the benefit now is that we've obviously merged and well, been actually acquired by Infinitex. And Infinitex provides the capital markets technology to allow us to plug in electronically with all the brokers to trade those securities. So JP Jenkins of old was always old school voice broking, match bargain bulletin board-esque and interactive and, and alike other brokers that transact with us can now actually see an online order book, full transparency and visibility, and that in turn provides a better distribution, better liquidity levels and inflows of, of capital as well to these issuers. So does the platform provide access to other opportunities? So there are a number of opportunities. So we've got sort of two angles. So you've got the investor angle, and that is obviously accessing those pre-IPO companies, really nice growing businesses that are on their way to an IPO. Potentially they may list overseas, potentially they may stay private indefinitely, but there's an opportunity to get into those early echelons and growth stages of the company. And then you've got the other benefits of access to different securities. So we've got a whole array of different securities. So we've got GDRs, Global Depository Receipts. We've got um, from overseas domicile companies. We've got uh, DCUs for companies that have come off main markets and they trade their deferred consideration units. We trade majority of the equity and, and standard ordinary and preference shares. We have warrants attached to listed clients on AIM and LSE that want some liquidity in, in either those warrants or convertible loan notes. So there really is a whole array of opportunity. And of course, each line has its own icing code. It's tradable through Crest, UK Electronic Settlement System. And it's really accessible for those brokers to apply any interest from those investors. So we directly work with all UK regulated LSE membered brokers. And then any individual shareholder can transact through their broker. Inevitably, though, I guess there, there have to be risks uh, associated sure. with unquoted companies. Yeah. So there, there are risks, of course. Um, there's risks with investing in, in everything in yeah. life. The nature of unquoted assets and unlisted assets, there is a higher level of risk. So we always say to investors, obviously, of course, it is that buyers beware that you need to do all your own research on these individual companies. You need to make sure that you're obviously happy to do so. All of the transactions we receive are execution only limit orders through the brokers. So we try and mitigate the risks as much as possible. We try and showcase to the investors and shareholders as much as possible in terms of the company. So half yearly reports, annual results, corporate actions that they may be doing as well. So we try and keep it as transparent as possible within the private sphere and help both the issuer and the shareholder. This ties in quite nicely to a recent uh, interview that we've done in terms of research 
Okay. Obviously, at the lower end, yeah. uh, our potential investors are, are going to have a situation where they might have heard of this company, but not be able to access much information on it. Whereas sure. some of the current research undertakings that the Chancellor has basically okayed, we wait to see what the details are going to be, could now provide access much lower down the tree, ad, as was the case in the old days, just to keep the information flowing. Exactly. And, that, and that's a massive focus. You know, we... Um, we're in a great position now. We've got a number of, well, I mean, there's probably over 100, 200 companies looking at onboarding to JPJ in the near future. Um, we're plugging in, as I said, all the brokers electronically. And our focus now is to increase that transparency for both the shareholder investor coming through their broker to us um, on those issuers. And those research houses play a massive part. So you've got a lot, obviously, reforms going on with government. You've got a lot of um, activity around funds, um, pension funds, access to capital, unlocking yep. the, the unlisted and the capital that is tied up in these sort of various schemes and investment schemes and tax efficient schemes. And JP Jenkins is, is providing that solution. So an interactive investor, II customer, who thinks that he or she has found the Weetabix of tomorrow. Sure. Done the necessary research, still convinced that uh, this company is a real goer. As an II customer, uh, is there any difference in how I get my trade through? So it's pretty much exactly the same. The big difference to point out is that we are a regulated, FCA regulated platform, that all of our trades are going through Crest. So there is that oversight there, which is the UK electronic settlement system. But the, the biggest difference is we don't make a market. So there's not a bid offer spread. So we have one indicative price at which that match is completed and settled. And as a shareholder perspective or an investor perspective from II, if you have shares or you're looking at a new opportunity, the Weetabix of tomorrow, then of course, all you would need to do is place that order with your broker. So whether uh, whichever broker you decide to use or any UK regulated broker, um, you can place that instruction with them and they will leave that order book with us um, directly either electronically online as it is now um, or previously we used to take obviously the voice broking as well. So very simple metrics, very similar to as it was uh, of days gone by. And in time, with the technology, we'll, we'll enhance and, and speed up that sure. process. So, so from the II point of view, we've given you an order to buy 10,000 Weetabix lights. Exactly. Uh, that's and we're now sitting on your platform. You're going to go and find a seller. And that's it. And the, and the order book is held offline. And that's, that's done for a number of reasons, for the benefit of the issuer and the shareholders. But the order book's held offline to the shareholders, but it is visible to all of the brokers and their order books. So they can they can see on their usual their usual technology they use for any capital markets trading that they've got orders from one side, orders from another side, and they'll see your buy side, say as an individual investor, as an interactive investor wants to buy X amount of shares at X price. And then the other side, you might have another broker, Hargreaves Lansdowne, AJ Bell, whoever it may be, as a sell side with similar either our average price or similar price, depending on if it's an auction or if it's an open daily trading window um, and, the, and the quantity. And we can do partial fills. We can do total fills, depending if it's 1,000 shares you want, 500 shares you want. And also it's quite key to make that that key difference. So we can be quite flexible in how we transact. So another thing that's sort of separate to the shareholder transacting, but more focus on the issuer, is that we can have companies that run auctions and we'll do monthly trading windows, or we can have a daily facility where you can trade as normal market hours. And, and finally, from a practical perspective, for those interested in investors who are watching, are there any minimums on either trading or investing? Sure. That's a you know, very good question for the, the interactive side. So um, there are no minimums. So it needs to make commercial sense for investors to transact. So naturally using any 
any broker, um, you're going to have yeah. a, a transactional fee. Depending on what that broker charges, um, it needs, does need to make commercial sense, but there are no minimums. So we try and open up accessibility to all investors. And we also know that companies that are coming off market or going to market may have smaller share prices um, or, or lower levels in which shareholders may have lost or raised value. So we try and keep that that bracket as open as possible. Yeah, that's right. Because again, going back many years, a couple of the football club shares, which were dealt on a match bargain basis, had share prices running into the thousands of pounds. So yeah. if you wanted to buy one share, it, that was likely to be that, well, 5, Typically pounds. in the UK, investors yeah. like to have lots of shares yeah. at a penny or 10 yeah. pence. Yeah. Um, so naturally, either the brokers or the advisors were always naturally pushed towards a stock split or a share split. But that is the case. So you've got either some big institutions that have conglomerates that have a really large share price. So we keep the minimum and maximum as wide as possible. And then also you have delisted that may come off and the share price may be in the pennies um, or something of a penny in which then we need to keep that minimum as well. As long as it makes sense for that investor to do so, then we're, we're, we're happy to, to process that. And, and yeah, it just depends on, on what they're looking to do. Once again, thank you for listening. I'll be back as normal on Thursday, but if you enjoyed the episode, please leave us a rating or review and follow the show in your podcast app. And if you get a chance, tell a friend about it too. You can join the conversation, ask questions and tell us what you would like us to talk about via email on otm at ii.co.uk. And you can, of course, find more information and practical pointers on how to get the most out of your investments on the Interactive Investor website at ii.co.uk. See you Thursday.